Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Today, we are honored to hear from Pastor Nate Ortiz. If you have been a part of uh, Calvary Student Ministries or CSM, then you're, you're no stranger to Pastor Nate. He serves as the District Youth Director for the Ohio Ministry Network of the Assemblies of God right here in Ohio. He is a friend uh, to our students. He's a friend to this church, but even more, uh, he's my friend. And I am honored that he is here with us today. I know that he has a word that God wants to speak to your heart and to challenge you with. Um, so I hope you'll grab your Bibles, that you open up your hearts, and uh, that you'll be ready to hear from the Lord today. Would you give a great big Calvary welcome to Pastor Nate Ortiz as he comes to share God's Word with us today? Good morning, Toledo Calvary. It is an honor to be here this morning with all of you. I am very uh, honored to share the Word, and before I even hop into it, I want to just show honor to uh, Pastor Chad and Rhonda. They are some of God's best, and they are just amazing people. And um, I'm like, just like I said, truly honored. Uh, anytime someone opens up their pulpit to you, it's an honor, and I don't take that lightly. So thank you uh, for being a voice in my life and just being a, a man of God. So thank you, thank you. Well, as he said, I am a friend of Toledo Calvary. So if some of you are like, I don't know this friend, right? It's like, you know, I could be that one friend or that, that one kid in your neighborhood, like walks in your house, like, who are you? Like, oh, I'm a friend of so-and-so. You're like, oh, okay, well, you know, right, that happens, you know, uh, time to time. And so uh, this morning, um, I'm sharing a word called living on a prayer. And before I hop into the word, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. I've been married for 13 years to my wonderful wife, Lisa. I don't have a, a picture to show you or anything like that. They're always, you know, on my Instagram. But uh, my wife, she is wonderful. I call her my blue-eyed queen. And she, you know, she is so just wonderful to me. Um, I, don't, I don't show pictures of her because then it gives me a complex later. People are like, is that really your wife? I'm like, yes, that was my wife. <laughs> really? Really? You know, right? And I see the looks. I'm like, why is it so hard to believe? So I just, I just stop. I don't let that creep into my heart. Um, and so my wife, she is Italian, and she has a little bit of that Heinz 57, a little bit of variety in that other part. And then I am Puerto Rican and my uh, and Salvadorian. And so our kids, uh, they're our little Puerto Ricans. And so we have Amari, <laughs> then we have Gianni, and they are eight. They're going to be eight and six. And so they are uh, just solar powered when they're out in the sun, they just gain energy and all those kind of things. So it's, it's wonderful. And then we're also fostering. We have a little one who's in our, in our house. And so that's been really exciting and learning a lot every single day uh, with that. So we, 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 they're home, they send their blessings, but uh, so sad they couldn't be with us today. But um, I love them so much, and that's a little bit about me. And I love, can I also just say, like, I just love the Lord, right? Does anyone just, like, love Jesus? You're just thankful for what he's done in your life. And so when I start talking about Jesus, I just get, I just get too excited. You know, it's like when you talk to, like, a proud grandparent, like my father-in-law, if you ask about the grandkids, he just, like, it's almost like, the best invention than the worst invention. Like back in the day, if you want to show a picture of your grandkids, you had like pull out the wallet and like, hold on, let me find it. Here it is. Now he just takes out a cell phone. He's like, look, look, all these pictures, right? I'm so proud of my grandkids, right? Uh, it's, it's how I feel about the Lord. When I start talking about the Lord, I get really excited because I know without the Lord, man, I'm just, I'm nothing. And so this morning, uh, I want to talk about uh, prayer. And so Living on a prayer. I know some of you are thinking, like, oh, you hear the song in your head, right? You know, Brother Bon Jovi, bless us with those wonderful lyrics. And so if some of you are like, who is Bon Jovi? Just Google it later and you'll be fine, okay? 
The man was a legend. Okay, anyways, uh, we're not here to discuss that. But living on a prayer, uh, it's one of those things as believers, we, we understand prayer. We, we know how to pray or we think we know how to pray and we're a part of services. Like, yeah, prayer is a part of my, my everyday life. But it's one of those things, if we're not careful, we can make prayer just kind of casual. We can lose uh, just the passion that we should have for prayer. And in, so when I think about prayer, I, I want to lead with this thought that prayer changes everything and most times it begins inside of you. Prayer changes everything, and most times it begins inside of you. So I'll be, if you're taking notes, I'll be out of Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15, and then we'll dip our toe into Matthew 26, but we'll get there. So I want to talk about why is prayer important? Why is prayer important? There's many things we could say about it, but here are some things I want to highlight. Prayer is important because prayer brings perspective. There's many times in our lives we go through difficult things, we see things, we're not sure what to make of it, but prayer helps bring perspective to the different things that are going on in our lives. Because I know that sometimes my perspective and God's perspective don't line up all the time, right? That's difficult. (laughs) We'll just leave it there, right? (laughs) God, I really need this to happen. God, can you move here? And God's taking us on a different journey. Because we like to think linear, don't we? A plus B equals C. Isn't that great? That's a nice, that's a nice formula, right? But God said, I'm not even thinking about C. I'm thinking about F. You're like, what? Wait, what's F? I didn't see that, right? I, and you like those math people? I struggle in math. Like, wait, well, hold on. Why are we adding an alphabet to numbers here? What's happening? <laughs> I'm confused. But prayer brings perspective. Prayer reveals what's in your heart. Sometimes there's a lot of things going on in our hearts that we don't even realize. They bubble to the surface, right? The Bible talks about out of the heart, right? It's the wellspring of life. I always tell people this. When you pray and you begin to reveal things in your heart, remember, God can't bless who you pretend to be. You can't show up and say, oh, bless God, I have my Bible and I wore my, my preaching blazer today and bless God, right? God can't bless who you pretend to be. And he can't heal what you refuse to let go. Prayer begins to do those things in your life. It begins to shift things, reveals them. And the last why prayer is so important, it's a very deep reason. It's because Jesus did it. Jesus prayed. He prayed often. You know, it's one of those things. When I read the scriptures, I often like to think about what would I do in that scenario? And then I'm like, you know, Lord, I, that's why you are Lord and I am not. Right? If you look at Jesus' life, when he was led into the desert, he was tempted by the devil, right? What was his defense? The word of God. If that was me, like, do you know who I am? Do you know who my dad is? Right? Get out of my face, right? But Jesus defended himself with the word. Even Jesus took time to pray, to pull away from people. I need to pray. So if he's modeling it for us, it's important. So in Matthew chapter 6, he tells us how to pray. And when we begin to understand how prayer changes from the inside, we will see that prayer is these three things. Prayer is personal. Prayer is obedience. And prayer is forgiveness. Prayer is personal. Prayer is obedience. And prayer is forgiveness. I am a firm believer that nothing... Nothing on the face of this planet will up your prayer life than having a family. 
You want to increase your prayer life? Get married. You want to increase your prayer life? Have kids. You will be at the altar just weeping like, oh, Jesus, please. Where are you? Just kidding, right? It's amazing, right, that you can pray for things in your life. Maybe, you know, when I was younger, right, you know, my, my friends, I like, we're praying for our future spouse. Lord, send them. Lord, just, right, this spiritual moment, right? And, 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 and you see them like, oh, right, you know, there they are, right? And then, like, you know, a couple years in the marriage, like, oh, there they go, right? <laughs> they come late again, right? But, you know, when, when you're dating, like, oh, my gosh, they're just so spontaneous, and I don't know what's going to happen. You get married. They're never on time for anything. I can't plan nothing. My goodness. I bought him five planets for his birthday. He don't use any of them. But prayer, when you make prayer, right, when as you have a family or whatever God is doing, when you have prayer in your life, it's amazing how sometimes we want to make it about everything else around us. But really God's saying it's really what's happening inside of you. If this could change, I would serve you, Jesus. If this would happen, it would be easier for me. God, you, you know I would do this, but this person has it easier. This person has it together, but not me. I quickly learned that God was not interested in just moving heaven and earth to meet my request. But he was more interested in moving my heart towards his will. Private prayers produce righteous results. Jesus tells us in that passage of scripture that people who pray openly will have the reward, but when we pray in private, he will reward us openly. You know, and we'll get to Matthew 6 here in a moment, but when we think about, listen, when we think about the Lord's prayer, when we think about what our prayer life looks like, God wants us to be in a place of connecting with him. He wants it to be personal. He wants us to say, you know, we're not just praying in public, but we're praying in private. And, and I, and I want to just, I'll read the passage of scripture now, but in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5, and we'll go all the way through here to verse 15. It says, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have the reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's powerful. Think about it this way. If you'd be rewarded for everything you've done in secret in your prayer time, what would, what would it be? Maybe you say, I don't really have a personal prayer life, so there wouldn't be a lot to reward. Verse 8, so do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Verse 9, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. We have to be people that as we pray, it becomes personal to us. I like to think about it this way. 
You know, if maybe, you know, someone in your family loves Starbucks, right? Maybe you're just, you know, some of you just like, I love Starbucks. I go there all the time, right? Or maybe it's another place and they have a certain reward system, right? That you go and if you buy so many, you know, coffees or you buy so many of this, there's certain perks that come with it. And right, this is great, right? It feels great to get perks, right? Maybe it's Panera and you get a free bagel, right? right. You know, a free coffee from Starbucks, woohoo, right? You know, if, if me and Pastor Chad were out somewhere and, and, and he's like, oh, right, I got this, this free reward coming my way because I'm a, I'm a faithful customer. And I stepped in and said, oh, man, this is great. I'm going I'm to have this bagel. He said, Nate, I love you, but that's my bagel. You're eating my reward. This is, this is how this works. And sometimes in the church, we kind of get into that place where we want to just reap someone else's spiritual rewards. But we have not spent the time in prayer. We have not spent the time. And we look at other people and say, they, they, have, they have it. And I just want to just have what they have. Then you have to do what they do. You have to be people of prayer that makes it personal to you. Prayer aligns us to God's will. Prayer aligns us to God's will. Personal prayer time helps bring everything in your life into alignment. Sometimes it's not super, super clean. And it's hard to figure out. You know, in life, it's not often what we carry, but how we carry it. That there's things that happen to us. We're not sure what to do with it. But those are matters that we must take into prayer. Things that we may say, God, help me understand what is going on in my life. What is, what is happening? In verse 10 of that passage of Scripture, it says that Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done. Right? It doesn't say my kingdom come. It says, right, his, like, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we have to align ourselves with what God's will is. I can tell you that I aim to be the type of pastor that not just preaches on Sundays and says, well, I did something good. But I want to be the type of person that no matter where I am, that I'm able to be Jesus to people. Right? So I don't just pray in church for people. I pray outside of church for people, right? So I don't even just, let's, come on, let's be real, right? There's times where you maybe talk to someone and you say, I'll be praying for you. That feels better, doesn't it, right? Say, I'll be praying for you. But do you pray for them? Or why don't you say, let's pray right now. Well, we're at, we're at, we're at a baseball game. Sure, that's fine. We can go behind the concession stand, whatever, right? <laughs> but being people who are saying, I'm not just regulating this to church services or when I feel spiritual, but it's in every aspect of my life. Luke 9.25, it says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Oh, my goodness. That verse right there, it gets me every time. Right? No one's going to write a book of the top five ways to deny yourself, right? That's not going to be a top seller. No one's going to be like, oh, I can't wait to deny myself. It's my favorite thing to do. I cannot wait to deny myself. But if we want to follow Jesus, we must deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. Taking our cross daily and following the things that are hard things that God is asking us to do, must do it daily. And here's what I love about the Christian faith, about this man named Jesus. When I read the scriptures, he's never asking us to do something he hasn't done himself. 
He's not just saying, hey, this is good teaching and you should do this. He's saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to model this. I'm going to walk this out for you. And so when we are, listen, so as we read Matthew chapter 6, he's in this moment of teaching. But there was coming a moment that where what he prayed and what he believed were going to intersect. There are moments in your life where the things that you pray, God, do this in my life. God, I need you to this. And there's going to become these opportunities and what you pray that they're going to intersect and you have an opportunity to respond to it. So you say, God, I want you to move in my family. But yet you don't pray with your family. God, I want you to move in my neighborhood. But you haven't invited anyone to church. Listen, I don't, and I don't work with the youth, but I actually have a children's ministry at my house that all the neighborhood kids come over our house, right? I want to be a person that's saying, not just at church, but in all areas of my life, I'm trying to be like Jesus. So the kids come over our house, we have the juice boxes, we have all that kind of stuff, and we just try to be Jesus to our neighbors. So for us, what we pray what we ask God for, we want to respond to every opportunity that he gives. The second thing I'd like to say is prayer is obedience. Prayer is obedience. Now, I'm in the, right, the season of raising little ones, so obedience is a word that is constantly on my lips. <laughs> that word is just right there. I'd like to say that prayer is framed by obedience, not convenience. Prayer is framed by obedience, not convenience. So we read here in Matthew 6, Jesus' teaching. But when you go forward in Matthew to Matthew 26, it's a completely different setting that Jesus is in. Jesus is in the garden praying with his disciples. It's right before the moment that the guards are going to come. He's going to be betrayed by Judas. The guards are going to take him and they're going to be taking him to be crucified and dying for our sins. In this scenario... The scriptures say that Jesus was feeling exceedingly sorrowful and his disciples were falling asleep. Now, I have to tell you, when we think about Jesus, you might have a certain picture that comes to your mind, right? Some of you might think of the actor in The Chosen who's just always smiling and just kind of happy. Like, yeah, that's my Jesus. I like that guy, you know? That's what I picture, right? Some of you might think of, you know, Passion of the Christ, Jim Caviezel. I mean, like, yeah, that's, I like that. You know, that's what I picture. Or some of you might think of a picture of Jesus holding a lamb or something. You're like, you know, just whatever, Right? But I think about when I read this that Jesus being exceedingly sorrowful. That makes me pause. That Jesus, the Son of God who came to earth, who spent time with the Father, is exceedingly sorrowful. Has there been times in your life where you feel, I don't feel like, like I, I can go on? I am feeling sorrowful. I'm feeling like these things in my heart are too much. And, and going further in verse 39 in Matthew chapter 26, it says, he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus not only prayed it in Matthew 6, he lived it in Matthew 26. 
when we come together for church, right, this is maybe our Matthew 6 moment where we hear the message, we take the notes, and we say, that's good, and we nod our head in affirmation. But then when you get in your car to head home, maybe you kind of forget some of those things that you were praying and you felt in the service. Some of you maybe coming to church, it was hard to get here, trying to get your kids ready. That, that is, listen, that is a miracle within itself. <laughs> Talk about Waymaker, that's it right there. You got your kids at church on time? You're coming to church and it's, it's like you gave all your Jesus away before you even got to church. You're like, fill me up. I gave it all away. But to be in the place, see, even when it's hard, I'm going to remember what your word says. I remember what Jesus prayed. Because applications of just the word, applications of prayer are important. You know, if I was Jesus in that moment, I think my prayer would have looked a little bit different. If I was exceedingly sorrowful and the people I invested in were falling asleep. I think I would have been, listen here, God. The people you gave me are falling asleep. One's about to betray me. I'm about to lay down my life for these people. Are you sure? We can change the plan. I am open. I am willing. I am listening. Change the situation, God. But what does he pray? says, not my will, but your will. That's a powerful and dangerous prayer to pray. You know, in uh, 2007, when I was a youth pastor, there was a financial crunch that was going on. And I remember in that time, I was just, and still am, very passionate about youth. And I remember in that area that I was living, I'm just like, God, I want to see just young people come to know Jesus. I was all about it. I was doing those things. I was in the schools. I'm, I'm just, I believed in it. I believed that God wanted to do something in that area. And in that time, our, our church, you know, we had to make some serious decisions about our finances. And we had a serious meeting and, and there was discussion of saying, hey, I don't know. I, I don't know what this is going to look like, staff. We might have to let people go. We might have to cut your pay. And I began to panic. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? What's, what's this mean? What's going to happen? And I made things about myself. And I remember I was praying. God convicted me. He said, are you called to paychecks or to people? Because you were very passionate about reaching people. But the moment something changed, it put worry inside your heart. You begin to forget what you were praying for. And God was faithful and brought us through. And, and we moved on and had fruitful time of ministry there. But it's amazing how we can have this spiritual amnesia of what we're praying for. Because things don't look the way that we think they should look. I love this quote by St. Augustine. It says, pray as though everything depended on God and work as though everything depended on you. When we pray, it's not just saying, God, you're going to make a clear way and I'm never going to have any issues. No, when we pray, we're saying, God, I know that any trial that comes my way, I don't have to fight it alone. I have heaven on my side. I have you on my side. So if there's some in this room that maybe there's a tough situation in your marriage, in your family, with your kids, you've been praying. Don't give up praying. Don't, don't feel like God is letting you down, but stay in that place to say, God, not my will, but your will. And I want to line up with that. And I'm going to do everything I can, everything I can on my part to walk it out. A third thing I'd like to say is prayer 
is forgiveness. Prayer is forgiveness. I can tell you that this is one thing that can cut your prayer life right at the knees. Having unforgiveness in your heart, choosing to hold on to bitterness. You know, going back to Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus lays out the Lord's prayer, he says, amen. Prayer is over. But then he comes back to it and says, actually, listen, one more thing. Let's talk about forgiveness one more time. Verse 14, 15 says, for if you give men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. There's a lot of power in forgiveness. I love this quote. It says, unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness, serving time for someone else's crime. I believe that in this room this morning, there's some of you that are being challenged of in the area of forgiveness. It's been hindering your prayer life. It's been hindering your marriage. It's been hindering just these areas because you've had this unforgiveness in your life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Forgiveness is the heart of our Father. There's maybe people in your life that you need to forgive today. Just the mention of their name makes you upset. And you thought you had healing over it. You thought you forgave them. Maybe it was someone in your past that hurt you so bad. But you have unforgiveness towards them. Or maybe it's even yourself. Going back to Matthew 26, when Jesus was in the garden and Judas betrays him, that would be hard, right? We read this story of scripture and we just think, well, it's Jesus. He just bounced back. It was fine. It was good. But in Jesus' toughest time, his friend betrays him, right? Well, he thought was his friend, right? But even when Judas is betraying and he comes forward, he addresses him as friend. If I was Jesus in that moment, I would have some words for Judas. It would not be friend. It would be something else. I'll say, how dare you, Judas? How could you do this to me? Even when Jesus is on the cross, he's forgiven his father. Forgive them for they know not what they do. So even in the act of being betrayed, even in the act of being hurt, even in the act of being just totally let down, he's still in the place of saying, God, please forgive them. I don't know if I have that level of forgiveness like Jesus does. I'm still working towards that. I know I don't have it, to let you know. Because the moment I step on a Lego in my house, <laughs> unforgiveness is riddling my heart. How many times have I told you, pick up your Legos? And I was exceedingly sorrowful. No, I'm <laughs> if we are to live on a prayer, 
we have to make sure we're living on the right one. Your relationship with Jesus is too precious just to have on Sunday morning. You know, I heard this analogy one time. You know, I'm, for those who are married in this room, right, if you told your spouse, you said, hey, listen, here's what it's going to be. We'll see each other once a week. And while I'm gone, I need you to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of, okay? But when I'm back, I'm all yours, okay? I'm going to take a guess. I'm not a counselor or a psychiatrist or a professional in that realm. But I don't think your marriage is going to make it very long. But isn't it funny? That's sometimes how we treat God. I'll see you on Sunday, God. Rock my world. And then we go. And we'll have personal time of prayer with God. And we go throughout our week feeling all these types of emotions, all these different types of things. When things aren't going right, we're saying, God, how could this happen? Why would you let this happen? God's saying, you haven't spent time with me. You don't know what I'm trying to do in your life, what I'm trying to reveal to you, what I'm trying to speak to your heart. It's, it's, sometimes it's almost much easier to walk around and be bitter and blame other people for areas of your life. It's easier to say, I'm just going to be angry at this person. I'm going to be angry at this situation. If this wasn't existing, I would be further. I would be this. I would be that. It's not the way God has called us to live our lives. God has called us to be people of prayer. God has called us to be people aligning ourselves to his will in everything that we do. You know, my, uh, my father... He's a wonderful man, a man of God in my life. He has encouraged me in so many different ways. He's a big part of why I'm a pastor and why I'm doing what I'm doing. But my father, he came over from Central America, and, and I didn't know who his biological father was. He didn't have a great relationship with his stepfather. But he came to know the Lord in his teenage years. And I remember... I asked my father, I said, Dad, you know, tell me when you came to know the Lord. He said, he remembered, he just, he was at church and he had a lot of bitterness in his heart. A lot of unforgiveness. How could God let certain things happen? His relationship with his stepdad wasn't good. He was in a new country, right? You know, like all these different things, all this tension that was around him. And he said, Nate, I prayed and I said, God, if you're real, if you're really who you say you are, if you're everything this preacher says you are, if you really want relationship with us, if you really die on the cross for our sins, that you can change our lives, that you could take us out of darkness and bring us into light, that you could take us from death and bring us into life. If you can do that, then teach me how to laugh. That was his prayer. I believe the effectiveness of that prayer was not the fact that it had all the right words. It sounded profound. But I believe it was effective 
It was personal. I believe it was effective. Because even after that, he became a Christian. It required obedience. And then even further after that, it required forgiveness. Prayer will take you on a journey. Prayer is going to take you places in your heart, in your life, that you have to be willing to say, God, not my will, your will. We can often feel like, well, if God wants to speak to me, he'll speak to me. He'll show up in some type of way. But God can't speak to you if you're not opening yourself up to listen. I can tell you, I'm a huge believer. I love that they're even doing the parenting conference here. I'm a huge believer that as families, prayer has to be part of a family. Now, I can tell you, there's, there's children who've never heard their father pray out loud. My dad's a Christian. He comes to church. You know, I know that. But they've never heard him even pray or lead in a spiritual way. They don't take that responsibility. They don't make it personal. Do you know the kind of life that it breathes into someone? When, you know, when, when a father or a mother looks into their child and they begin to speak over them? I've known people that have grown up never met their father, don't know who their father is, don't know him from the average Joe on the street. And they walk around their life with anger and resentment in their heart. Say, I don't care. It's okay. But I can tell you this every single time. Listen, the people that I know every single time that they maybe get news that their father passed away, they are instantly hit with regret. They say, I didn't even try to make it right. I didn't even try to reach out. But really the root of that is unforgiveness in their heart. Because what do you do with it now? Where do you put this anger? Where do you put this resentment? And I think for some of us in this room, if we're honest, there's things that we're even holding into our hearts that we feel angry about, we feel frustrated about. We feel like, God, where were you in my moment of need? And you maybe put prayer off to the side. You haven't prayed like you once have. You haven't prayed with your spouse. You haven't prayed with your family. You haven't prayed over your kids. Right? Thank God. Thank God for praying fathers and praying mothers and praying grandmothers and praying grandfathers. I feel like people who pray, that's like the ultimate. Like, I feel like when I, when I, I think back, it's like the ultimate um, uh, like keeps you young forever. I feel like people who pray to stay young forever. Like I, you know, I go back to church. I'm like, oh my goodness, you look so young. And but they're like, they're the prayer warriors. I'm like, oh my goodness. Thank God for those people who pray. Because that's where things change, change in our hearts, change in the people around us. In the beginning of the year. You know, there's lots of things going on, lots of different challenges. And I, I want to just 
close with this. There's lots of things that in my life I was trying to put together and figure out like many people. And I heard this song and the lyrics really spoke to me. I want to share them with you this morning. But the lyrics said, may your struggles keep you near the cross. And may your troubles show that you need God. And may your battles end the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. And may your whole life prove that God is good. When we follow Christ, there will be days that will be difficult. There will be days that will be filled with rejoicing. But every single part of our day, may we commit part of it to prayer. Prayer is personal. Don't make it just about things changing around you, but make it about things changing inside of you. Prayer is obedience. The things that we pray about, may we be obedient to them. May it not just be about our convenience, but what are, what are some things that God is asking you to do? Maybe he's asking you to serve in the church. Maybe he's asking you to do something in your community. Maybe God is asking you just to build that bridge to your, towards your spouse or to, in your family. But lastly, prayer is forgiveness. Who do you need to forgive? Maybe their name is in your head right now. Maybe their face is coming up. I said, maybe it's even yourself. Maybe there's things in your life that you feel just complete regret or remorse about that you wish you would have done different. Let me tell you, the heart of our Father is forgiveness. He wants relationship. And he wants you to have that relationship with the people around you. If you could stand to your feet. If you are able and willing to, thank you. And if you can just bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. The team is about to lead us in a song. And I really just want you to take a moment that this doesn't become a common moment, that you don't treat this moment like any other moment, that you don't say, well, this is the ending of the service and we're just gonna have a, a time of prayer and we're gonna have a time of worship. But right now, examine your heart. Maybe God is asking you to come close this morning. Maybe God is asking you to step out a level of something. Maybe there's something you've been praying about for a long time. And God's saying, we're done with the praying, but now we're stepping into the obedience. And you will pray as you walk it out. Maybe some of you, it's the forgiveness part. Maybe there's a phone call you need to make. Maybe there's a text you need to send out to set up a coffee. Time to get together. Maybe it's even for yourself. There's such regret that you have. And God does not call you to live in the place of regret or remorse. To feel like if you suffer enough, maybe things can change. Maybe there's some anger you need to let go so your prayers aren't hindered. Maybe you just need to believe God for the biggest miracle you have ever seen in your life and trust Him. 
So before the band comes, let me just pray. Father, speak to our hearts. Lord, may you just, Lord, just put, put that, highlight those things in our hearts, God, that you need to address this morning. May we not hold back. May we not just treat this as a casual moment, but Lord, may this become very personal and very real to us this morning. Lord, may we not just get so used of dysfunction that we just continue to live in it. Lord, let's not just get so used to continuing our, our anger or our sin, but Lord, let us lay down our lives this morning and just say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Stir our hearts this morning to draw close to you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. Never stop, you never stop. Say even, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Oh, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Oh, even when I don't see it, you're working. Oh, even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop to ease away. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Oh, even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop to ease away, maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. one more time thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Jesus and hey with your heads bowed for just another moment let's let's not wrap up this service or turn off this live stream or walk out of this room without taking it one more step because for some of you when Pastor Nate talked about it's it's a personal thing prayer is something that either has been neglected in your life or maybe you felt like inferior to talk to God. Then you need to make a decision even before you walk out of here or end this service that, Lord, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to very simply just start talking to you. It's not performative. You don't have to get it right. Just have that personal conversation with him. And then for some of you, as Pastor Nate talked about prayer being obedience, there was that thing 
you know God's been speaking to your heart about, big or small. And right now you just need to say, God, I'm all in. I'll obey. I'm going to trust you with this. And I want to park for just a moment on the part where Pastor Nate talked about the forgiveness part of prayer. Because for some of you, the, the thing that has hindered the work of God in your life, that, that, that's caused your prayers to be stalled, that's kept you from maybe moving forward to that next thing that God has for you, has been an unwillingness to forgive, to receive God's forgiveness, or to let forgiveness change your heart. Maybe it's not even possible anymore to extend forgiveness to the person that hurts you. Today, God can bring forgiveness to you. Lord, and I, I pray with the one who the way that they need made by you, God, is a way for forgiveness in their heart. That there is a, a thing or an event or a person that comes to mind. Maybe we know that we've been holding on to and it's held us back. And so in Jesus' name, Jesus, because of your sacrifice, because of what you've done, would you bring forgiveness to that one who's watching online who can't forgive themselves, to that one that's in this room that's been holding on to something for far too long? Lord, for those, those, even maybe those hidden places that we didn't even know to call unforgiveness until just a few moments ago, Lord, would we release those things to you and let you bring your grace and your healing and your freedom to our lives as so we look to you. Father, we thank you for Pastor Nate. We thank you for this word today. We thank you for the way that you speak to our hearts. Lord, may it settle in our spirits and be something that we live out as we go through this week. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.